0: Another great episode of Red Sea Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org and donate to our apostolate or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much and God bless you.
1: Welcome, welcome to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I am the host of the day, Pam Marvin. It is March 29th of 2023. It just doesn't seem possible. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, Joining me in the studio today is Dennis. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Pam. And a new person, Caleb with a C or a K. I wanted to know.
2: With a C, of course.
1: Oh, with a C, of course. So, Dennis, you want to kind of introduce Caleb a little bit more?
0: As he just slammed half of the Calebs in the world, you mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Caleb is on his second week. This is his first week uh, at the reins of of Red Sea Roundup. Caleb is our director of radio and media here for Red Sea Catholic Radio. It's a new hire, new position, actually. Mm Mm-hmm something that I've been doing for a long time Um, since the beginning Thaddeus took over and did a lot of this work Deacon Robbins done a lot of the work but Caleb is going to take over and do uh, all the work for production planning for shows you'll be in in collaboration with him a lot more Pam Uh, okay We'll get to hang out and Be patient visit. with
1: me, Caleb. Miss, be patient. Yeah. <laughs> I do so, my best. <laughs> we're very
0: happy to have him on board and uh, as part of our team. And Caleb yeah, is already me. showing me lots of new things that he's learned about Adobe Audition, which is our, our sound editing software. So, yeah, I both love and dislike him at the same time. Uh, sometimes because what? he's like, oh, look, here's something. And it's like something that I haven't known for the what? Twelve years I've been doing this. <laughs> and I'm that's like, great. No, I love stretching it. I, you. I welcome it, and I'm like, "Great job, you <laughs> jerk!" <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, okay. I could have been saving a lot more time by doing it this way mm-hmm. for all these years. But yeah,
1: that's a little frustrating.
0: Well, it's a it's a really bold. That's a what would you call it? A, a very diverse program. It's just got sure. so many capabilities to it that. Sometimes when you get set in certain ways. You know, and Dennis, and all that
1: time you've spare time you've had, you know, you did have time to learn that, right? I did <laughs> no, if I
0: would have neglected some of the other things. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I could have done it, but I didn't. So I'm very happy he's here to do it. So let's just say that. So okay. Well, welcome he's, Caleb. He's pushing all the buttons and running the, running the board for us. So it sounds very like excited. he's pushing
1: your buttons, dude. Nah. Yeah. Okay. I
0: love him like a brother already. Oh,
1: well, welcome. Yeah. Well, we're as,
0: excited. As as I, go, go ahead. ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, Caleb's not the only new addition. So <gasps> many of you have, have known that, uh, dr thaddeus romanski was here for gosh over seven years and uh we were pretty ingrained in having that fellow around and we didn't know what we're going to do to try to replace him but uh we're not able to replace him let's just say that but we are able to reconfigure what we're doing i think to better enable us to uh go the directions we're going and um there's a lot of expansion about to hit and Mm. uh a lot of changes. So with that, uh, Deacon Robin is the vice president of education and evangelization over everything that we do. He is uh, still in the Waco area, but overseeing all the radio content, all our educational and evangelization content. I'm so excited to, to have a deacon in charge of all that. Then we expanded a role to have a director of marketing. Because we want more people in our local areas and beyond to know more about what we're doing with Red Sea Catholic Radio okay. with our Red Sea Apostolate uh, mission work, such as family retreats, about victory sports, about a new speaker series we're going to be working on here. Yeah. Oh, that's tuned. new to me. So uh, we have our benefit dinners. Everyone loves our benefit dinner and they love to come and they have a a great time in the November timeframe. About six months apart from that, let's say sometime in May, we're going to be bringing in a speaker just for the heck of it. Mm. Just someone to come and speak about a certain aspect of the faith. And sometimes it might be a Catholic comedian. Sometimes it might be a, a speaker or a musician, you know, just wherever the Holy Spirit leads us. And it's just going to be a great time to to come together with the faithful and enjoy a free talk from a a well-known presenter.
1: That sounds so good. You can see the growing (laughs) pains.
0: And we are looking to start a new daily show. Stay tuned. We announced Mm -hmm. that at the benefit dinner. It is still in the works. It is very much on the cusp of, of happening. And we look for this to become a potential national show as well.
1: Yeah. It's time, Dennis. With the presence in the, uh,
0: the, the, the YouTubes and all the other things. So we are stretching our boundaries. We're actually pushing the boundaries of our, our, uh, capabilities here at our small two room studio upstairs at St. Mary's Catholic Center in college station. So if anyone's out there, we are already working with several great people, but if anyone knows of any sort of, uh, real estate or office connections we are potentially going to be needing to growing be growing in some new space yeah so yeah um so exciting yeah as we grow we're we're looking for uh, the ability to stretch our our physical wings and mm-hmm. yeah we we can't cram four or five people into two small rooms anymore yeah we love that. each other but yeah it's yeah. it's going to be elbow Kathy and I are, are in the small closet together and I think yeah. we kind of like it that way actually. So it's fun. Uh, yeah. So it, it's great time for a lot of growth and great potential. So if anybody knows of any links to a uh, building, buying leasing around this Bryan college station area, we're looking. Awesome. Just seeing this where the spirit great. leads. Exactly. Don't tell our board yet. Cause we haven't sprung that on them. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, The only one
0: question. No, but, we we've but, already talked about it in the past and they said not yet. And that may be the answer now, but uh, we're at least looking to see where the Holy Spirit leads us. Okay. It's pretty fun. I do have one question. Yeah. What is Caleb's last name? Caleb
2: Bronner. Go ahead. Yes, Caleb Bronner.
1: And are you from the Bryan College Station area? Or you currently live here? Did you
2: I am not. I'm from Sagin, actually. Ah, Segine, New Bromfels area. Um I moved here in February of twenty twenty two. Um I lived here previously. Um Went to Blinn A&M a little bit before I transferred to University of Dallas. Um, but my wife is from here. We've moved our family here to be closer to them, to be a bigger part of the great Catholic community here. Yes. And, um, you know, we're excited to be here.
1: Great, great. So on that, it's a great segue about the great Catholic family, because I have two gentlemen in the studio. We're going to be talking about their main gig after the break. But before that, we're going to talk about what's going on in our community, because they're very much a part of the thriving community of St. Joseph Catholic Church. So Sam, go ahead and introduce yourself.
3: Thank you, Pam. My name is Sam Schoenfelder. Uh, We moved here two years ago. And my wife and seven kids uh, live here in College Station, but are active at St. Joe's and <clears throat> have just absolutely enjoyed getting integrated, getting connected. Uh, we can talk about it later, but one of the big things that helped us get situated in town here and with a lot of folks in the Catholic community is we were part of the Alpha Course mm, at St. Joe's, uh, so the good. first round, and it was awesome experience of being with Great men and women going deeper in the Lord together, and that's been a key piece to us. Knowing folks, being known, and 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 being called into service here. It's so amazing.
1: And also, you're we all coworkers, correct? Is that right? Okay. Yes. So go ahead and introduce
4: yourself, Rick. Yeah, and I'm Rick Erisman. My wife and I came here six months ago to be part of uh, Saint Paul's Outreach, which we'll talk talk about later. But my wife also oversees marriage prep and over- oversees the coordination of, of that extensive different different things that we do to serve married couples, and I assist her a bit. Awesome. And there's some exciting things happening at St. Joseph's. I really love, we can talk about it later, I love the priests. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. We've got some amazing priests in the area, but mm-hmm. Father uh, Brian and Father Will are fantastic. We also have, we're really looking at a whole discipleship process, and I've been really impressed about that, being a member of St. Joe's and on staff, and We also have um, outreach initiatives, Holy Saturday outreach, just so much going on over
1: there. Yeah, yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about the Holy Saturday outreach um, because it is new to the Bryan College Station area, so don't be alarmed if someone comes knocking on your door on Holy Saturday. So tell us about this mission and your role in it, Rick.
4: Yeah. Well, it's really been something that's been put together by members of the parish and the priests and um, I, what we really want to do is get out of the parish and into the neighborhood and really share how much we love our Catholic faith, how much the St. Joseph's community means to us, how valuable our Catholic faith is, our relationships there, and get out and really invite others back mm. into the church or possibly the church the first time. And, you know, it could be a fallen away Catholic. It could be someone from another faith. But regardless of whether they end up coming to 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 Easter Mass or to a, a Divine Mercy Sunday, um, we're going to be Catholics out in the community showing how much we love our faith, how much we love our Lord, and just being a presence and saying, uh, look look around, everyone. Catholics are out. We love our faith. Mm-hmm. We can evangelize as well. We can get out in the streets and share about how much we love our Lord and and be a, a, a welcoming force in the community.
1: Yeah. I, so I'm going to be on one of the teams. So the, uh, girlfriend and I, we're going to be on one of the teams and, of course, when I first heard about this opportunity, I was horrified. I'm not horrified, <laughs> but petrified, just <laughs> petrified, like, I can't do that. Go knock on a stranger's door and tell them about Jesus. But, you know, as the Lord would have it, yeah. I'm reading some novels about living in Roman times and the way the Christians had to to live for fear of being th- fed to the lions at times. You got out of line. You were fed to the lions and so I thought, for heaven's sakes, I can knock on doors. I'm not going to be fed to <laughs> yeah. the lions, right? So I'm really excited about it. We're nervous, of course, because it's really out of our comfort zone, but I'm excited.
4: You know, it's, it's a common fear, and I think I just w- really want to break that down and make it more simple. For, my wife and I were helping with the training. I want to really break it down and make it more simple. I invited folks to think about what has the Lord done for you? What do you love about your faith? And I invite the listeners to think about that. What's the Lord done for you? And what do you love about your faith? And reflect on that with gratitude mm-hmm. and be prepared, as Peter says, to give an account of the gospel. And really, I want to break that down real simple, too. So I taught people how to greet someone at the door. Yes. Right. And then how to have joy and then just invite. And I, right. we also use it as an opportunity, too, to think of three people. Who are three people in your life right now? Not just on Holy Saturday, but who are three people in your life right now that God wants to do something in their life. And he might want to use you. And not just to take the bull by the horns and just do it, you know, just sort of shove our Catholic faith down someone's uh, in, into someone's life, but really pray and let the Holy Spirit lead you into a relationship with them. To grab a cup of coffee, to say hi, to build a relationship with them, have a have them over for dinner, mm-hmm. and over time, then we can invite them to things like Alpha. So I'll, I'll, that's a good segue into. Uh, You know, what are we inviting them into but a set of relationships in a parish community?
1: Which is so good because one of the things that I'm thinking of is through my own personal uh, formation through Regnum Christi, we were like, we are formed um, of love of God and worship of God and, and, and virtue and building of that. Because once you start to really try, you know, we all two steps forward, one step back, you know, but you get this sense of being deeply and profoundly loved by god the father and what do you want to do you want to go tell everybody look i found this jesus and you need to come along because it's the best thing ever so see i see alpha is that introduction of just getting people in there to to form their hearts and the love of the lord and, and experience that love and once you experience it on a profound le- level then we're sent out to bring others into that but would you say that pretty accurately just describes kind of what's going over at saint joe's right now
3: Absolutely. They are. uh, Everything we're doing is about knowing the faith, loving it, living it and sharing it right now. And it is exciting to be a part of it.
1: Amen. Amen. So before we leave this segment, we have only got about a minute and a half left, Rick. But you told me something that you and Britt are doing about reconsecration to the Blessed Mother because of the Annunciation. We've got just a a minute left. So tell us about that.
4: Yes. My wife came to me and said... I want to do a consecration uh to Jesus through Mary and I said yes ma'am. So that's husbands out there that's a good way to respond to your wives when they're way leaving.
0: to go. Yes dear. <laughs> yes dear. That's that's an awesome. We were asking if you're using the the old version of St. Louis de Montfort one. You're using a different one that's a little bit I less am, um difficult to read, really, I, yeah, I
4: I don't have the name of it right now, but it's a consecration of Texas to Mary through Jesus, If for folks out there who are, who are doing that
0: program. Okay. But, that's pretty awesome to me.
4: But in the reading, my, what struck my wife and I both was being in the mold of Mary, and Mary made this perfect yes, and I think that's really what struck my wife and I both, was how can we really come to Mary and trust Mary and let her show us that way to Jesus through that perfect yes, and not have a spirit of the world but a spirit of Jesus Christ in us. And and we need all the help we can get. So we love this. We're having fun together. That's
1: beautiful. I love this. So I'm excited to talk to you about St. Paul's outreach right after this break. I'm really excited to hear more about that. So y'all stay tuned. And after the break, we'll be right
2: back. Thanks for listening to part one of Red Sea Roundup. Part two is just around the corner. You can find additional Catholic podcasts and resources at redsearadio.org, as well as a page to leave your prayer requests. If you feel called, please consider donating to our apostolate so we can continue creating entertaining and educational Catholic content for all to enjoy. Thank you and God bless. Now back to Red Sea Roundup.
1: Well, welcome back to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Pam Marvin. So happy to be here with Sam and Rick. If you were tuning in for the first part of the show, you will know they are with St. Paul's Outreach. So welcome back, guys. Thank you. Good to be with you. I'm so excited. Sam and I have been trying to to get this on the air for a little while because a few months back, a dear, dear, dear friend of mine, Tom Dimming. Legend. Invited, Yes, Tom and Susan have been friends of ours since uh, before Courtney was born. <laughs> so it tells you how long. And I was just so impressed with the, the banquet and hearing the testimonies of the young people that live in the house and thought, this is such divinely inspired by the Lord and the Holy Spirit, and I just want to support it however I could. So I wanted to get you on to talk about it. So I'm going to start, I really kind of want to start at the beginning of, um, I like, it always like the history um, behind what got, who got this started and where did it start? And so who wants to tell me about that part, Sam?
3: Sure. Okay. Um, so St. Paul's Outreach has been around for almost 40 years now. Four, 40, 40. 40. Zero. Wow. Yep. Yep. Okay. And for years and years, it was just a little thing in Minnesota, um, where it started in St. Paul, Minnesota. And what got it going was um, the Catholic Youth Center there had been kind of like a place where it was just a sports center um, that kids would come come to. And and the retreat or the director of that went away on a retreat, and God rocked his world.
1: Mm. And he came
3: back and said, hey, for too long, we've just kind of been serving kids. But what they really need is the good news. They need the gospel. And that sort of revolutionized how the staff and team of the Catholic Youth Center there operated. And they just, they just started focusing on, we got to proclaim the gospel. We got to help young people encounter Jesus Christ, encounter the Holy Spirit, encounter a new life that he promises us. And uh, to be honest, half the staff left and the other half stayed and just stayed faithful to the gospel. And out of that center, all sorts of apostolic work started flowing. Mm. A number of other ministries, including St. Paul's Outreach. And what St. Paul's Outreach started is is there would be college students coming to CYC to help. And we saw that they needed to be evangelized. Um, And so part of the team started focusing on reaching out to college students and helping them themselves encounter the gospel so that they could be useful for Kingdom building for evangelization, and um, and that was that was the beginning of it. Uh, two, our two two or three of our founders went away for a summer uh, to partner with another ministry, and they got trained on how do you reach college students, how do you help college students grow in their faith, how do you help them actually become mature. That's one of our that's our goal is Christian maturity mm. for young people, and uh, they came back to... To institute that and initiate that, um, and things exploded. Mm.
4: Uh, and
2: that was
3: 1985. Um, and from there, it, it really did take take off like wildfire in the same archdiocese of St. Paul. Um, now, if you look across the diocese in St. Paul, you'll see countless leaders in the diocese all being highly impacted by what they experienced as a college student through St. Paul's Outreach.
1: Amen. Oh, that's so cool. And that was 35-plus years ago, really.
3: Yeah, so now, now, I mean, we have three bishops who are alumni of ours. Um, no. The direct, uh, a lot of the formators at seminary are alumni of ours. Uh, some of the key um, school leaders across the diocese are alumni of ours. Uh, it's wonderful. And not to mention just countless families who are living... Faith Authentically, to the full, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Okay, so when did it start branching out? Like, when? I mean, because it's usually centered around a college town, then, right? Is that correct?
3: Yeah, yeah campuses. Yeah, campus work and young adult work are um, is is our heartbeat, and so yeah, we always want to be closely connected and focused on a campus. Um, it's such a critical time. Camp, you know, so many young people go to college and they really are looking to, they're leaving mom and dad's house and they're looking to launch into life and, and the world sweeps in and right. totally wipes out whatever foundation they have, uh, coming out of mom and dad's house. And we want to be, we wanted to be there right with them as they're making all the most important decisions of their life mm-hmm. with the gospel, with encouragement, with, uh, the faith and, and in doing that, we, again, help firm up that foundation, reestablish that foundation, help them start new after whatever they did freshman year, mm-hmm. uh, and and build for the long haul.
1: Yeah, what I'm really hearing is it's to help to form these apostles to be truly who God's called them to be. That's really what it is. You know. You're just a, a, a conduit for helping them reach those potentials. That's really amazing. I wish I'd had something like that. In, in college, I, I came to AM, but I wasn't even Catholic. <laughs> but I got there pretty soon. God, <laughs> God had a being, plan. That's after right. being on campus for a while, I like, get it. You want me to be Catholic? Okay. That's yeah. awesome. So, so cool. So then it starts to reach out in other states. So talk about as it's spreading.
3: So, um, yeah, many, there's been lots of adventures and in, 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 in comings and goings of what the Lord's doing. But 2004, 2003, 2004, early 2000s, um, students started coming to us from elsewhere mm. uh, and probably the a uh, couple just a couple names which mean nothing to our folks but Andrew Keebe from Ohio from the Ohio State University um, Ed Moshe from New Jersey uh, <coughs> the f- Ohio State yeah right yeah. <laughs> as we sit here St. Mary's
1: <laughs>
3: that's right go ahead. go ahead so they they came and they said how can we how can we do this and you know really it started with call phone calls. Hey, can we do this? Well, you really have to come and experience this because it's a really deep, rich way of life that it's transformative. And so they'd come for a summer and go home and struggle. And then come back for another summer and get some more training and go home. And it eventually began to take root of this, um, this way of life that we're given in the faith, a life of worship, a life of mission, a life of joy, life of service. Uh, And our, the heartbeat of our work is is community on mission. Yes. And um, we we express that in these households, men's okay. house, women's house, which is a center of mission and a center of evangelization.
1: I want to slow you down just Ooh. a little bit. I'm sorry. I don't no, mean to interrupt great. you. Forgive me for that. No, no. But I'm just Please. inquisitive. Okay. Thank so you. basically they came to... Minnesota, Minnesota, to train over a summer. Was mm-hmm. it in already one of those established houses? Was it just at a, a campus like a Catholic center like we have here? All yes to all, basically.
3: It, basically, the household, the households. Yeah, okay. they would come to the household, and we would we would have training. We'd have the summer set aside. Um, we used to call it the school of the new evangelization. Now it's mission training, um, where we students and stu- folks who are actually setting aside time to be full time missionaries. Mm-hmm. would be trained to how to share your faith on campus, how to build environments that are evangelistic, how to um, get traction with folks who, you know, wouldn't necessarily darken the door of the church on campus. How, right. do you, how do you build a relationship out there of trust and friendship that can lead to conversations of faith and right. transformation?
1: Yeah, so I want to bring Rick in a little bit here. So, so now— We're starting to branch out and get to other places. And so the house is formed. You've got your leaders. Then what happens? What do they do? Like, and how is this supported? So I really want to ask about like, you know, this takes money too. So how does that all play into each other?
4: Well, I I still remember a story uh, from 2010. I I lived on the same street with Sam up in St. Paul, Minnesota. And Sam and I were good friends and neighbors. And he came to me and said, hey, we're going to Kansas. And I'm like, you're going where? And uh, pretty soon Sam and his family had left Minnesota on mission to help build a chapter at Benedictine. So I just kind of wanted to add that story. It was really around that time where, in addition to Ohio and New Jersey, these different places, um, that we that SPO began to expand. I've only been with SPO about six months now formally. I'm an alumni um, from the late 90s um, and now now back with the mission and work. But now we have 171 missionaries across 17 chapters. So 17. it's really. Really beautiful work in seven states, something like that.
1: How many but, do we have in Texas?
3: Is it nine? Uh, County Rick and I were 11. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Yep. And how many chapters do we have in Texas?
3: We have one chapter at Texas State.
1: Texas State. All right. And
3: we're we're hopeful um, here in, in town. We're working with St. Joe's and friends of whatever, all that's happening here at St. Mary's as well uh, to listen to the spirit to see what yeah. he wants to cultivate here. We're also having great conversations with some folks in Houston, in San Antonio. So. Don't ever
1: Baylor too. Amen. And that, and that, other, right. that other, little <laughs> orange thing down the street too. You know, I, I hear
3: there's schools in Austin. I don't know what yeah. their names are, but
1: sure love that pre Well, no, who is is, is Father Jared? Is at St. It, Marcus, Right,
3: Father Jared Cook.
1: Yeah, you know he Fa- was here family for a while. St. Joseph. Town.
3: That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's always going to be ours. Wonderful you
1: know? <laughs> priest, wonderful yeah.
3: priest, absolutely rocking and rolling at, at Our sure. Lady Wisdom at Texas State.
1: Yes. Now, who's over at-, at um, The other U- school? Yeah, the TU. Father,
3: Father Jonathan Rea.
1: Yes, he's also absolutely a rock star dynamic. priest as well. Yeah. Very dynamic. And at Baylor? Is it-
3: I, I'm not sure. I haven't met the folks at oh, Baylor yet. I
1: think it was Dennis. I mean, I may have to wake him up over there. He's going to- Dennis, it was the, the former, I think he was the former associate here at St. Mary's before he he's went. He's the
3: pastor in Waco, but not.
1: But he's not at the, st- the center. Not, not the, the student, student center. center. Oh, okay. Okay. I can't remember and I'm his blanking
3: name. on his name. Sorry, I'm Father.
1: I know. Forgive me, Lord. Okay. So, okay. Sorry. I digress. Let's get back to how a house is formed. Usually it takes... Um, time and money and interest to have it there. So I would think it starts more as a community In like you were saying, maybe a community um, within, you know, in Bryan College Station, I don't know if it's like this in your cities, whoever's listening outside of this Bryan College Station area, but we truly are like a whole Catholic family. You can see all of us, at any time, at any of the main, uh, any of the several Catholic churches. As a matter of fact, the mission we talked about before the break is several people from just that have a passion to evangelize that way are all coming together. So I'm imagining that at, at the SPO here is going to be kind of like that. It's going to be a community of, you know, which we've always wanted that kind of that fellowship and camaraderie across parishes. And I, I really see it starting to flourish here in the Bryan College Station area. Thanks be to God. Thank yes. you, Lord. It's something that I've dreamt of for 20 years, probably.
3: Amen. No. And, it, yeah. It's
4: happening. Yeah, yeah. And in wherever wherever SPO goes, I I often see this where it's just a kind of a, a building of these relationships in that area and an upbuilding of the local church. Um, Sam, you just we just walked away from a mini household weekend. That's right. What did it take to if this is okay to ask, Pam, what did it sure. take to get that off the ground? And I saw a ton of fruit, but I think Sam's a better spokesperson for this.
3: So, just to your your point, Pam, it is it's a absolutely across the board, everyone, all hands on deck to advance the gospel, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, I'm I'm officially working with part of my what we're doing here is I'm working helping St. Joe's serve young professionals, young adults, post college. One of the things that SPO always does is work. We we want to build on campus and beyond, um, because that's just a, such a big transition. So I've been working, um, we've been working trying to reach young adults and college-age students, and there's actually a lot of college-age students who are parishioners at St. Thomas Aquinas, at St. Anthony's, at St. Joe's, and we've been trying to just serve those folks who um, actually are living at home still because they're saving money and they're smart. <laughs> um, but But so over the last number of months, uh, we have, we actually just this weekend initiated the first SBO household here in town. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a weekend long household. Um, it's great to share about that. We rented an Airbnb um, and the folks who ran that Airbnb made us, gave us a decent deal on it, which is really helpful. And uh, um, we had eight guys uh, live together for a weekend. Uh, we, they, they came together, had dinner Thursday night, got up every morning, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, prayed together. Um, had meals together, cleaned the house together, did chores. This is normal life. This is what household life is. But then we also sewed in some adventure. Uh, on Friday morning, they were on campus doing just straight-up evangelization, meeting people, shaking hands. They had a little Christian survey that they, were, they would use to start yeah. a conversation with. Awesome. Had uh, some amazing conversations. One guy, we'll see. They met one guy who is a fallen-away Catholic, and he really was just waiting for someone to meet him and say, come back. And he something. hadn't met that person yet yeah. until Friday morning. Mm. Uh, so we're following up with him to mm. stir the pot and see mm. where, where the next step is for him. Mm. But there's also there's thousands of young men and women like that on this campus that yes. we need to reach. And, and beyond any campus, any town, we have uh, young people who are floundering in their faith. Mm. Right, and so this...
1: This is just me as my mom's perspective. I have adult children. Um, and, and when I think about the college ages, there's a lot going on in the brain. The brain is still—it's like entering into those final years of final development. And they can be swayed either way um, pretty easily. So what I really see is as the St. Paul's outreach is really trying to fortify them with everything that God's really reaching down in them to do. And this— the household itself just makes so much sense for accountability, mm-hmm. um, having accountability partners. Yep. Man, I need that for, yeah. for exercising. <laughs> Even though I know it's good for me, i still got to have a partner because I'm not going to do it on my own, right? Absolutely. So I see that accountability during the college age is really fortifying what God wants. And But let's not also forget there's a lot of people out there that are going to trade school these days, too. Yep. And I don't want to forget that age group Absolutely. just because they're not a college student. You and that know was, what I mean? That was one of
3: our guys in the house this weekend. He's, okay. he's an HVAC. Yeah. A good. Thank
1: you, Sam. Huh, oh, makes me feel better.
3: Yeah. And he was he was a big contributor to yeah. to the kind of the conversation of the house. Cause he's out there working his butt off and he's kind of sober about life. And he was able to kind of just share real about That's this so is good. Life is hard. I mean life as a student can be a little artificial. And you know, we right. we've got our food card that we swipe and
1: yeah. you know. Well, I'm invested in this because my um twenty year old, she is a hairstylist. She works at a local salon. So at 20 years old, she's having to run her own business and she's thrown into it quickly. Yeah. And there's not a lot of real support. I mean, she's looking for it. So she does go to St. Joe's and St. Mary's, you know, we do. do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, that's, I don't want to forget that, that group because they're hitting life hard and and they want to grow in their faith as yeah. well. And then they're just at a different station too. So I'm so glad to hear that and, you're you're
4: incorporating that. And you mentioned this this accountability piece. And often we've seen throughout the history of the, the life of the church that groups of saints run together. And that's what we're seeing in St. Mm-hmm. Paul's Outreach when we get mm-hmm. these households together that people come together and they do have that accountability, but it almost builds on each other where it's it becomes more than accountability, like they're spurring and encouraging one another on into growth in their faith. And we're seeing just... Such dynamic growth from living in an environment of worship and meals together and service together and evangelism out in the community. It it really has a really formative, life-changing impact on someone's life that goes beyond to produce holy marriages, religious vocations, leaders Mm. in the church faithful Catholics in every walk of life. It's, it's really beautiful.
1: Right. You know, I'm kind of hearing two things. Let's see if I can recall them now. I was like, don't lose those Pam. (laughs) But one of the things that is so important also building those lives together like that. But I, as being here on the radio, I have a very big heart for formation always because um, I know that we cannot do this life without the grace of God and without constant, constant formation. So, is there a lot of that kind of thing? Do you bring more people into, um, I don't know, not just simply Bible studies, but just life things too? Like
3: absolutely. One
1: of my most life changing was the document on marriage and family life by JP Two. Studying that was just life changing for me. Awesome. Really was. It was yeah. just at the right time. I
4: yeah.
1: I had you no, know, I think my oldest was about twelve at the time.
4: Same here, Pam. Yeah, yeah. okay. One element of, of household and community life I want to mention is that it is, uh, it, you, you're putting a college student or a young adult into an environment where, and we'll have Sam share about formation in a minute, because we do have a pretty extensive formation program, which is really beautiful. But the other piece is now they're in an environment where they can learn their true identity in Jesus Christ and in the church in a set of relationships and it's so beautiful. It's one of the really beautiful marks of spo that you're living out discipleship in in the context of relationship mm-hmm. and it, it's 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 a it's a sort of element of the formation of the human person that can just run so deep because you're with your brother, you're with your sister, mm-hmm. and it goes deeper than even just accountability, but it's just ongoing life transformation and change. It's like just a seed bed for yeah, you for know girls. what I'm
1: hearing about this. Thank you, Lord. that. What I'm really hearing about this is in some ways is such a, a beautiful reset for how we went so so badly wrong in the 60s and 70s and so Mercy. you know like I'm I'm a kid of the 70s and 80s where some of that was pretty still raw and natural but there wasn't a lot of formation. I mean, I was raised with an atheist mom, you know. There oh. there was a loss of god and you see that today everywhere and so what this is is kind of a reboot because I see that the formation of the young people um, we didn't, like, I did not know how to form my children, right? I just didn't. So I begged at the, the seat of mercy for the Lord to help. And I, you know, I think we may all do that, but I'm seeing this as you're <clears throat> forming these people that then go on to have these beautiful families that you stay, you know, married because we know that that is where Satan is after us the most is, is holy families, holy men and women having beautiful families. And then they can go on to try and, really form their kids to their best of our ability. Um, Cause we need to get the family back on top instead of like the society and in yeah. college. Oh my gosh. And some of the schools, you know, just really teaching our kids.
3: And the, the, this is the, I mean, the, the stat is, I think it's three out of five college students experience serious lon- loneliness. loneliness. Mm. They're just alone. They're isolated. All they got is their screen that they're interacting with and they have deep loneliness and that's not what God intended. No. He intended us to live with each other in fellowship, in communion. And mm-hmm. what these households do is that it, it enables this reality of it's really temporary. It's very um, momentary, but it it quickly sets into there is a way of life I can live in communion with my brother and sister in Christ. And we really can build a culture in a few short years that are really formative that can perpetuate. So. You know, I don't pray um, every day with my family like I did with the guys I lived in household with. We, and we would take time to do Liturgy of the Hours and praise and worship and take time to intercede and pray over one another. Family life can't pray that way. <laughs> but, but if I can get 10, 15 minutes with my wife and kids to look at the daily reading and have some connection to that, that's really, that's really a transfer of what I experienced mm-hmm. in those really formative years in household into my family life. That's really helpful. My kids, they, it's, it's war to get them to pray and to have a few minutes of peace is war. Mm. Um, but it, they love it in the moment. They're all like, ah, you know, I want to keep doing my thing, but it, it resets the whole day. And just yeah, like you're talking about, this is, yeah. we're trying to do a reset.
1: So instead of war, I really like the term spiritual combat because that's what it is. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. It is. That's what you, we're in constantly to maintain our peace of heart amidst the, the yeah, confusion I agree. of the world.
4: Yeah, I agree with Sam, though. My wife and I are about to uh, celebrate our 20th anniversary this spring. Mm-hmm. And what we learned in SPO has shaped and formed how we live our marriage and family life today. Just like Sam said, family prayer family meals, so important, so key, and the beauty and the richness that comes to our family life from these simple, these simple activities, mm. setting the Lord's Day aside, celebrating it, dressing up a little bit, having some fun music, playing some games. And these are all things that we learned in household and that just absolutely shapes and changes the students that get involved. You don't have to live in a household, but then these households, Become epicenters of evangelism, discipleship, mission, outreach, relationship building. It just sort of raises the bar of the whole Catholic community. Yeah.
1: Now, is there like a house parent or anything like that that's there? You know, I <laughs> yes, mean, there is. There is. Yes, okay, there is. okay, because so, I was kind of thinking, well, something's got to make this tick and work. I mean, just can't be one.
3: Yeah, so we 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 recruit recent grads to become missionaries with mm-hmm. us, and it's usually a missionary. Um, who's probably lived in the household the year before a couple years before as a student who are now full time and they have both maybe a step or two in maturity as they're 22 23 24 years old um, and and some training and then back support from higher leadership and how to how to be a leader of this set of guys this set of gals so yeah we do have a house leader who calls the men to the to the dinner table and helps. Hand out who's doing what chores and, okay. and and sets a tone really sets a tone for sets a tone I like for the brotherhood for the sisterhood yeah that they kind have. of a house leader yep yep
1: oh that's amazing and so this is still going on uh, right now being formed right they're just kind of in the early stages of it as far as this new house for the the young men
3: well so the one that we had here in town was was four days long so it was just this last weekend it was awesome I think. I think my life was changed a little bit. I think the guys who lived that weekend together, uh, we're going to see fruit of that. One of the guys actually is um, um, had time off, and he's actually he he went to Texas State, so he's over at Texas State, going deeper in household life for the next couple days. Mm. Um, But yes, we're we're still working to build here in Bryan College Station, Um, but the other houses are in full swing across the country. there's a couple new campuses that we're going to be opening up across the country this year, which is exciting, and um, and in all those cases, we're always in the flux of recruiting new students to be part of next year's household. And do we budget season? Do we you know what kind of how do we all make it up? How do we make all the numbers work?
1: Uh, okay, you know, that kind of is making me think. I didn't even ask you guys what your roles are within oh, SPS. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. kind of want to know that, too. So, Rick, why don't you start?
4: Uh, I'm the director of operations for SPO Texas, and my main focus will be assisting Sam on the some team leadership stuff, but also just building out roles and some expansion work here the in Texas. The development yeah.
1: aspect of it. Does that include, like, the fundraising part, too? If it's development, sometimes it is fundraising, sometimes it's not.
4: Sam
3: is going to be the main fundraiser. Okay. So Sam, <laughs> tell us
1: about your role.
3: So I'm the uh, regional director for SPO Texas. Regional
1: uh, director. Okay.
3: So over, overall, all that we're doing in Texas falls under me. Um, Rick is amazing at helping me keep ducks in a row and T's crossed and I's dotted um, and is also great at just ex- helping me be attentive to all, all the different relationships that we're engaged with to mm-hmm. help our work grow yeah, we're. I'm in charge of. Um, we gotta have. We gotta continue to be excellent in our programming and in our mission. Uh, so supervising, and mentoring our missionaries and leaders on the ground at our various campuses, um, raising money. Uh, we gotta raise. It takes. We. It takes a lot of lot of money to put yeah. the missionaries in the field and resource these households. Sometimes we're renting. Sometimes eventually we, here in Texas we'll get to buying. Houses that these students and missionaries can live in, and uh, and then expanding our work, working with other church leaders on where there's an opportunity for our mission to be a blessing to whatever the local diocese is doing.
1: Right, right, right. Okay, so, um, yeah, we always wanted to kind of know the structural part of it because I'm fascinated by all those things. So, okay, so you're the regional and you're just the, the local director
3: director of operations. Uh, oh, if yeah. for Texas. Yeah. yeah. Operations oh, for Texas. Okay. Okay.
1: Yep. Um, I'm I a would, good
3: cop. He's the bad cop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I'm kind of hearing to like, um, probably there's a lot of alumni that are probably your main support. Would, would that be fair to say? Who's alumni are?
3: Yep. Uh, uh, alumni are critical. We've been in Texas for, um, 11 years. SPO has been, um, that's a, wonderful story that we should probably tell at some point. But uh, so our alumni are doing our kind of the, uh, I would say, backbone of some of our fundraising. But then also our alumni are young for the most part still. And uh, we do need other partners who have more resource and uh, can can help us.
1: So what would you say is your main way of raising funds? Is there a, a, a main source, a way that you do it?
3: Well, th- there's kind of three legs to our fundraising, or our, our revenue, or our resources. Um, the households, people pay a household fee to be in those, and th- those hopefully kind of cover themselves. Yeah. Um, and then we actually partner with local parishes or campus ministries as institutional partners. And um, so at Texas State, we have a partnership with Our Lady of Wisdom, and they contribute financially. And then it's and then it's general fundraising, um, and so there's the missionaries all do fundraising themselves. So they all have a partnership yeah, team that okay. so puts them in the field. Um, and then my job and Rick's job is to meet other partners who can support the work at large. Um,
1: well, unlike the nice banquet I got to go to where I was first introduced yes. to SVO. Yes. right? Yes. Yeah. That's
3: also awesome. Yeah. So we'll do. We'll be doing. Um, Fundraising in that way, the main way we raise money in that space is meeting with friends who have a heart for young people and, and seeing if they can put their resources to work with us. Um, one of the things we're going to be doing over the next 18 months is having um, a few events called Partnership and Mission, which was, was similar to what you came to. But here we're looking to have um, sort of a house party with 20, 30 guests, 15 to 20 guests, come together, hear the story of what we're doing and see if there's uh, opportunity for them to support our work.
1: Well, you know, you did mention telling the story about how um, SPO came to Texas State. So go ahead. We've got time.
3: Oh, it was it's one of these wild adventures. This is where the, it's clear we're supposed to be here because the Holy Spirit Called was the you. one <laughs> who made it happen. Uh, this is circa 2008, give or take. And um, there's a young girl at Texas State uh by the name at that time of Colleen DeAndrea uh from Houston and she um in her own words was living on the fence. Uh she was interested in the fun and party scene of college and she was interested in her faith. And uh I think uh the local um pastor there uh Father Niehaus, was a Schonstatt priest and he saw something in her and he said hey I want I want to give you an opportunity to help build our campus ministry here. Would you go on a training this summer? And she said, well, "I sure. Mm-hmm. And she actually spent that summer. The first, she did two weeks doing Europe and she was doing what American college kids do in Europe. Uh, and then she came home and went to our school, the new evangelization. And she, she said that really the Lord was sort of putting the choice in front of her. What life do you want? Mm-hmm. Um, and she saw the, brotherhood and sisterhood and the uh, vitality that she experienced with us at the school of new evangelization. And she came back to Texas state um, and just started, just started sharing with her friends about what she experienced. Um, She, the next summer she brought six more students with her uh, and they were great and they had a great experience and they went back. And at the time, Texas State was not on our radar. We weren't thinking about Texas. We just we had Colleen and these other students who came, and um, they're great. We'll see them next summer. Later that school year, Father Niehaus calls us and says, "So what's your plan for your SBO students at Texas State?" Well, we don't really have a chapter at Texas State. And he's like, "You have six houses of students here," and we're like. Excuse me? (laughs) What What? are you talking about? It turns out that all those students that came with Colleen all were in different living situations. Apartment here, a house here. And they all went back and just said, hey, guys, this is what we're doing to their roommates. Wow. Which, you know, wasn't necessarily the smoothest plan, but it had a high impact. (laughs) Okay. Because they were just bold. Yeah. And uh, so then we, you know, sent some missionaries down not long after that. And uh, it was it was amazing.
1: Um, the rest is history. The rest, the rest is
3: history, as they say. The, uh, there's been numerous, numerous students from Texas State who have become great leaders for us around the country. It's really awesome.
1: That is beautiful. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, it's a grassroots effort. You can start at a, a Catholic center or a local parish even. Just people really want to reach out to these younger folks. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, so what's next on your agenda for as development right now, Rick? What are, you, what are you working on?
4: Well, we do have some really exciting opportunities with new partnerships, and I think just Sam and I getting, you know, in front of those and continuing to build those relationships, what, what we really want to do is build, and Sam's a better spokesperson for this, but groundswells in different areas mm-hmm. and articulate that. We want to get some students and some campus ministers up for summer training, Continue building relationship with them, let them come and experience SPO, and then that'll be a couple year process in a few different places. And we want to we want to elicit excitement uh, from others who. So if you're listening to this today and you love young adults, you love college students, and this is on your heart, Sam or Sam and I want to meet with you, and we want to Absolutely. invite you into the story. It's going to take every kind of partner to to make this happen. So we, we're really going to need, and so my, my part with that too is to not just do the mission and ministry, but get the books to balance and to to have the partnership to have the different components of partnership make sense and get that in front of Sam. And and also along with Sam to elicit vision and excitement for, you know, what could happen to have some SPO chapters in different areas? How could that help be a contributor amongst other Catholic activities to Renew, renew different areas, and okay. to, to bring more of what the Lord wants to do here in we're, Texas.
3: We we bleed and die for mission. Yeah, <laughs> anything that we can do to help young people experience the life of grace, the life of the church, newness of life. Uh, we wanna we wanna get behind that. So, and again, it is you know young people, eighteen to twenty eight is our target audience of of who we're reaching. Just because it's such a formative season for them, and um, so we have partnered with the crowd at the Orange College, TU as they say in this neighborhood, <laughs> UT Father Jonathan, if you're listening, um, and and we're, we helped, we just came and put on a retreat for them, um, and that was really powerful. It's actually made a big impact since then in how their culture is operating. Um, we a bunch of our alumni went to have, have landed in San Antonio, and they're kind of the backbone of a whole young adult. Movement that's there, um, sports yeah. leagues.
1: I've heard that. about this in my line of work. I meet a lot of young people you know, with natural family planning, and I heard recently about this volleyball league that's going yes, on down yes, there. That's it, it was just a collective from different Catholic churches. That's pretty cool,
3: yeah. And it, there's like hundreds of young people, yeah. Involved. And
1: it was kind of some of them like know each other from St. Mary's, but you know, the different yep, colleges, some of them, yeah. Wow, okay, so. One thing we haven't said is like if someone does want to reach out to you guys, what's the best way to
3: reach you? That is a great question. Probably uh, our emails are pretty simple. Um, so Sam at spo St. Paul's Outreach. Sam at spo org. Uh, that that'll get you there. Um, if you go on our website spo org, uh, you can you can track us down as well, um, and. There you'll have there. will be links to our emails if you okay. find find the Texas region in there.
1: Right, right. And in if you want to call the radio station, I'll leave this with Kathy. So if if you call in, this Absolutely. information will be available. If you if you don't have a pen and paper right now, but yeah, it sounds like we're winding down, but we still have a few more minutes. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if
4: you're a student, if you are a young adult, if you are someone who who is older, um, but has moved by what Sam and I are sharing, we do want to talk to you. We'd love to. Sit and have a cup of coffee with you, a meal and get to know you and um invite you to be a part of this work?
3: Our uh our summer training, it's um pretty intense and it's significant time commitment, but we have three weeks this summer open to students to come, Mm -hmm. uh experience this way of life, this call to mission, and um to get good planning and all the numbers squared away that registration's closing. I think this weekend actually. Um, but it's amazing if there is a, a student out there listening who would want to spend yeah. three weeks getting evangelized themselves, rich, enriching their prayer life yeah. with a couple hundred other college students, please come with us. It's going to be a wonderful time.
1: Yeah, the one question that's lingering me, you know, I'm the for, I go back to formation all the time. Do you have like a director of formation for this out, you know, for the outreach in general that's in charge of making sure these programs? Because it sounds fantastic, and I know this has to change. It can't stay the same. It has to constantly be changing to yeah. to to meet the the needs of the time. So, can you talk about that?
3: Yeah, there, we have a we have fundamentally that probably falls to me locally. Um, of being the director of formation, and we have a curriculum per se that that we've developed over the years. It's not rocket science when it comes to young people going deeper in the faith, and we want to help them pray. Uh, we want to help them learn how to be in relationship with each other, how to reconcile relationships. Um, we want to teach them the the fullness of the faith and um, how how they are called as lay members of the church to evangelize. Um, So it's a, we have, we've sliced it in different ways. It's a two or three year program that you could go through if you did everything. Um, Usually one semester is enough to kind of light up your world and say, I want more. Um, So yeah, there's, we have a curriculum that we flex in different ways. Well, because one of the things
1: as kids, I've had kids in Catholic school too, and when a, when a blaze ministry, I'm sure you, you're aware of yeah, that good friends here. Of ours. yeah. Uh, when they came into the school, um, my daughters it really transformed because they were awesome. getting all their theology and you know, sacraments and theology and they had a supportive home life. But when a blaze got a hold of them and started going on retreats, they were teaching them personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, and the personal love and that is, so important because you can know all you want, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but unless you've had a profound experience of the love of Jesus Christ, that's what compels us to go out and do what Amen. we do, right? This
3: even just this weekend, you know, a couple of guys were pretty intellectual in their in their experience. But the main conversation we had over the weekend was what does it mean to be a brother in Christ? And what does it mean to be a son of God? Again, that's not yeah. that's not deep theology, but it's so profound. And all these guys were highly impacted by just reflecting on those very basic but very profound realities. Say that one
1: more time because this is for all of us to think about, honestly. Say it one more time. Just,
3: Just the conversation that we focus on of what does it mean to be brothers and sisters in Christ and how powerful that is and how do we foster that, but also how to live in the reality that we have a Father in heaven. We are sons of God, daughters of God. And this is the foundation of the freedom that we were called to in Christ, the peace that we're supposed to have. Uh, Preach it, brother. (laughs) We we really um, just teed off of the gospel from this weekend that all of us are called to be risen from the grave. And we live in this, you know, if we're left to ourselves, we have these dark places in our life. And Christ says to each one of us, come out. Right. Come out of that space into the life I have for you.
1: Yeah. And as a woman, I think that we need to be reminded all the time that we are deeply and profoundly loved by our creator. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guys, this has been so awesome. I am so (laughs) on fire. I want to send my daughter into a house, you know, both of them. I got one that's graduating high school, one that's 20. This has been a fantastic conversation and I'm going to be praying for this ministry, praying for you guys. Um, and hopefully our, our Catholic uh, community here and on the radio wa- airwaves will help to support SPO. If you want to reach these guys, you can go to their spo.org and find Sam uh, to reach out. Young people as well. And if it, all else fails, call Red Sea Radio. It's been wonderful. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Until next thank time. You. Thank you. Go and love your neighbor.